welcome to the 100th episode of Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. First, we'll give some updates on health in the Vatican. Pope Francis took a few sick days, but don't worry, he's doing okay. And we'll talk about the Vatican's COVID vaccines, which are coming soon. We'll also talk about a big shift in Vatican finances. What was once the Vatican's most powerful office has now been stripped of all of its financial assets. We'll talk about what that means and why it's happening. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon, Colleen, from a cold, wet, and gray skies of Rome. And a, and a locked down Rome. Yeah, we're on the lockdown. I came here by taxi to avoid any disruptions en route by police. <laughs> but uh, but we, 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 we can do this for work. Well, Jerry, even with all of this kind of gray skies and, and the pandemic background and everything, we are actually celebrating today because this is our 100th episode of Inside the Vatican. <laughs> I can hardly believe it, Colleen. You know, I, celebra- I celebrated uh, the 100th trip of John Paul II. I was on the plane when he celebrated his 100th trip. Really? And so now... Do you think you've been on 100 papal trips yourself? Not quite, I think, but not far off. But <laughs> So it's great to celebrate with you because I remember when you came to Rome, I mean, the good thing is that we've met face to face and you we did a broadcast, one of the broadcasts from my home in Rome. That's right. And then we went to the top of the Jesuit Curia here near, right near St. Peter's and... Uh, Roberto showed us what would be the possibility for us, and now we're using yeah. the Jesuit hospitality here. That's right. We we are now recording. You're recording in the Jesuit Curia just outside of the Vatican, and uh, and I don't know. I, I just can't help but think how far we've come. You know, I remember when we started this show, we had just finished building our studio in New York, which I'm no longer recording from, and you were recording at home, and there were always all these technical difficulties. We'd have to rope in your son, Juan Pablo, to, to work on the technology. So we've we've come leaps and, leaps and bounds since then. Yes, we've really got a good solution here. And the Jesuits have been very kind, and Stefano and Roberto have been really marvelous with us. And you know, Jerry, I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten to know you too. I mean, I when I started this, I had filed maybe two Vatican stories in my life and uh, and we didn't even know each other. We'd never met face to face until after we started the show. But uh, but now we talk all the time. <laughs> it's, it's I'm glad to know you. Yeah, you're discovering some of my historical memories. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jerry. Well, let's get into our talk for today. Uh, the first update, which we've we've kind of uh, nodded to, is that Rome is in a pretty strict lockdown right now. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Uh, for practically all of the holiday season, the government imposed on throughout the country, but also in Rome, a lockdown so that you really can't go out of your house unless for reasons of health, uh, that some essential thing you've got to get, like food, you go to, need to go to the pharmacy, or uh, buy newspapers, or uh, if you have essential work. And fortunately, this is classified as essential work. And how's that lockdown affecting the Vatican? Well, the Vatican, of course, is uh, St. Peter's Square is empty. And uh, the Vatican Museums, which is one of the sources of big income for the Vatican city-state, nobody visiting. 
Today, the Vatican announced that uh, the Pope will not do baptisms on Sunday after the normally the first Sunday after Christmas. He he baptizes children in the Sistine Chapel, but because of the COVID, of the to try and protect people from getting the virus. This will not happen. They will be baptized in their home parishes and then with very small numbers of people. Now, Jerry, there is an end in sight to all of these restrictions, we hope. Uh, The Vatican is supposed to receive its uh, COVID vaccinations next week. So can we talk about uh, when those are coming and, and who's the priority groups? Well, my understanding is the Vatican will start on the 15th of January. They will start vaccinating people in the Paul VI audience hall. This is where the Pope holds these audiences. And the priority group would, of course, be the medical staff, the security forces in the Vatican, the fire brigade, and the particularly elderly, in, in other words, more at-risk people, but also those who meet will meet the public. And uh, then they will go right through. They, they plan to give vaccines to all the employees of the Vatican and the lay employees' families and those who have worked in the Vatican who are now on pension. And of course, there are many cardinals and bishops and monsignors and priests who will get it. Uh, but they they will do it in a certain order. Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty safe to say that Pope Francis will probably be one of the first to receive it, right? We presume so, but the Vatican is not saying anything about him. But since he has been encouraging people to uh, do this, I presume he will be the first but we don't know. We don't know. I can't, we can't say. We also have some uh, good news, which is that Cardinal Konrad Krajewski, the papal almoner, uh, who was in the hospital with COVID, he had pneumonia symptoms. He is now out of the hospital. Yes, he's back in the Vatican. And as you know, it's, it's been reported that the Pope uh, welcomed him back by sending him an Argentinian beefsteak. <laughs> yes, I saw some of the Argentinian uh, reporters on Twitter saying, hey, where do you get good Argentinian food in Rome? <laughs> oh, you can. They, they, they should uh, Dig a little more. You can mm-hmm. at your house, <laughs> not just at our house. There are some places, and you, you can buy Argentinian beef here, Colleen, in some of the supermarkets mm-hmm. and wine. Well, hopefully, uh, one day we can we can enjoy that again. Um, one last thing about health in the Vatican is that Pope Francis actually took a few days off right around the New Year because he had a painful flare-up of his sciatica. How's he doing now? Well, he seems to be all right. We've not seen him in movement. We've seen him uh, giving the Angelus message both on New Year's Day and then last Sunday, and he seemed to be fine. It didn't seem to... But remember, calling, he's got this problem, which is, you you sometimes see him walking, and he seems to be uh, unevenly walking. Mm-hmm. And what people forget is that he, he's got uh, this sciatica problem, but he, he's got these special orthopedic shoes to try to help him to correct it. And he gets physiotherapy regularly. And it seems that one of, at least one of the Vatican people suggested to me that the reason he had to cancel the audiences, that apparently that physiotherapist may not have been available at that time because of the restrictions. It was high holiday period. It was just the wrong time for him to 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 have the problem. Mm-hmm. It's also important to remember that he's 83, you know, and and almost never takes a day off. 84, Colin. 84 now. His birthday was last month. He's 84, yeah. yes. But re- remember, Benedict XVI is 94. The Queen of England is 94. So, well, it's... It, 
he's really in, in, in good form, basically. You can tell during the audiences how well he is, because whether he reads his text just sticks strictly to his text or whether he, he does aside comments and you, you see the expression. And he, he's been looking really well. Of course, we don't know yet whether he will celebrate the Mass tomorrow for the uh, Feast of the, the Magi, the... Mm-hmm. The Epiphany? The Epiphany, yes. Uh, actually, it looks like the press office just now sent us an update on that, so let me open it real quick. Oh, good. <laughs> it's as celebrated by Francis, so I guess it's happening. I told you, he looked good on, on the Sunday, and uh, I'm not surprised, because you, you, if you learn to read his face and his movements, and obviously, for him, this is a big feast. And, and remember, for the Orthodox Church, it's the... It's the Christmas. It's Christmas, yeah. Yeah, and so we should wish our Orthodox listeners, if we have some, happy Christmas. That's right. Merry Christmas to to our Orthodox listeners. Il controllo rigoroso delle spese frena la tentazione ricorrente in coloro che occupano cariche politiche o amministrative a gestire le risorse non in modo oculato. Jerry, let's shift gears to our big story of the week, which is Vatican finance. So just before the new year, Pope Francis ordered the Secretariat of State to shift all of its financial assets to what's called APSA, the Administration of the Patrimony of the Holy See. Basically, this Vatican finance office that oversees how how money is spent in the Vatican. Now, Francis had proposed shifting these assets away from the Secretary of State back in August. He even set up a commission for it in November. But the news here is that this is now legally binding, and there's now a deadline for them to do this. It's by February 4th. Now, this is a big deal because it's it's stripping what's the Vatican's most powerful office of its assets after years of mismanagement and scandals that are still being investigated, which we've talked about on this show. But Jerry, I was hoping you could give me some context here. Has this happened with other offices? Has Francis shifted their assets to the APSA? Like, why is this one so significant? Well, this one is so significant because it's the central office in the Vatican. It's It, it, it was the powerhouse, as it were. Mm-hmm. I noticed you said was there. What's the change? We will have to see what the new constitution is. Because remember, Francis wants the Vatican reformed so that evangelization, missionary work, preaching is the dominant characteristic of all Vatican offices. And he said way back in, was it September or August, he he said the Secretariat of State, it's the, the office that works most closely with the Pope to support his mission. And what does he see as his mission? Not managing money. He sees his mission as preaching the gospel, reaching out to people, uh, bringing the good news to people, uh, focusing on the poor, getting people to uh, pay attention to the poor. That's what he sees as central. And he wants the, the officers that are closest to him to be supporting him fully on this. The Secretariat of State, as we've explained, has three sections. The first section deals with the general affairs of the church. The second section deals with the uh, relations with states. And the third section deals with the Vatican's diplomatic missions around the world and cares for the the nuncios, the ambassadors, the diplomatic uh, staff of the Vatican. So that is their primary mission. They were also handling money, and especially on over the last 50, 60, 70 years, in the, from the time of Paul VI, basically. But there was always problems. 
And before the conclave took place in the meeting of cardinals in the beginning of March 2013, cardinal after cardinal said, we're fed up of hearing that there are problems with money in the Vatican. Can this not be solved? And Jerry, when you mentioned that there are there have been these problems since the time of Paul VI, what, what problems are we talking about? We're talking with the Vatican had a, a, a bank, the Institute for the Works of Religion, which also had various people had accounts in it. These accounts were sometimes used in ways that weren't correct. There was also the, the, the Vatican uh, was invested money and it got involved in, in the Banco Ambrosiano, which is a big Italian bank at one stage, which crashed, and the Vatican had to pay out 250, at least 250 million in the settlement. And uh, this was a big, big problem. And that was during the time of John Paul II. And did those were those problems related to the Secretariat of State? Because it sounds like the Vatican Bank something separate. The Vatican Bank and the Secretariat of State, in under Paul VI, they set up a fund to deal with emergencies. Mm-hmm. And this became even more important after the, the crash with the uh, Ambrosian Bank. And uh, so uh, this fund was set up in the Secretary of State. It was managed, and various uh, incomes came to it. Of course, uh, also what came in from the diocese was every diocese contributes to the uh, Holy See, to the Pope's uh, mission. And then there's the Peter's Pence, also is collected. And, and this was all being held under the Vatican Secretariat of State. Got it. Originally, they were accumulating it for should something badly go wrong and they, they needed to, to resolve the problem. And of course, they also would be sending money perhaps in to diplomatic missions and perhaps to help uh, the church in, in countries in real difficulty. And so it became a, quite a a significant economic operation. And Francis saw that, remembering what happened during uh, John Paul II's time with the Ambrosian Bank, and then seeing again what was happening, what was the documents leaked, etc., during Benedict XVI's time, and then this more recent problem with London, buying the property in London in Sloan Avenue in central London, and that became a big scandal. And Francis really, he, he, at that point, he lost patience. He said, this cannot continue, that the office which is working most closely with the Pope is also producing scandals. This is not possible. And so we have the investigation going on. We still haven't the result of it. You've asked me several times, when do we know? I haven't got a crystal ball, but they tell me the, the, the investigation is close to uh, being finished. But it will be big because maybe you have more than one trial People will be very likely put on trial. But what Francis has done, he has gone to the heart and said, enough is enough. No more money management by the Secretariat of State except for its own needs. Let me ask you about that ongoing investigation into London, because this feels, from my perspective, like a change in strategy for Francis, right? Like usually when we talk about misconduct of any kind that's being investigated in the Vatican We often hear from Francis, you know, we're going to trust the legal process, we're going to trust the investigations, and we won't weigh in until those are completed. But here, we're seeing him kind of jump ahead of that and say, okay, even though these investigations into mismanagement in the Secretariat of State are still going on, I'm going to go ahead and transfer all of their assets 
away to this oversight office instead of waiting for a decision in the trial. So I wonder if you you see that there's like an escalation on Francis's part or a, a change in strategy, maybe just adopting a, a more aggressive stance now than we've seen in the past. He's taking action now because he's near the end of the reform of the courier. There are two separate questions. One is the reform of the structure and how things are operated. One is dealing with those who have done wrong. In the reform of the courier, he is now got a clear picture of how he wants things laid out. Remember, he's only the fourth pope in the last 500 years to try to do a radical reform, and really the third pope to do such a radical reform. So you see this shift of assets as being more a question of structural reform than one of maybe punishment for wrongdoing? It is dealing with the problems that have given rise to scandal. He's also, remember, in the reform, he's using certain principles that you see what is the priority role of a given office in the Vatican. That is what that office should be doing. He's saying this is not handling money, is not the priority role for the Secretariat of State. We've got another department in the Vatican dealing with that. And so he's trying to rationalize and coordinate the different responsibilities in the Vatican so that each one does not get confused in its main role. All right, Jerry, so we will keep our eye on the ongoing investigations and possible trials into financial mismanagement in the Vatican and also on the forthcoming courier reform. We'll be talking about all of that here on Inside the Vatican, and I'll also link to our reporting at americamagazine.org if our listeners want to read more. Colleen, I don't hear any champagne at the end of our hundred. <laughs> I can go pop some if you like. It's 9 a.m. here, though. <laughs> uh, Jerry, we have come so far. I was talking to Father Eric Sundrup, who helped us start this show two years ago, who's now working in a parish in Ohio. And uh, and he was reminiscing about you know how for two years we, we messed up our recordings on daylight savings time because uh, the U.S. and Rome change it at different times every year and we would just miss recording altogether. We've, we've come a really far way. I'm, I'm pretty proud of us. Here's to the next 100, Colleen. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, if our listeners, you've heard you've heard a tiny bit of what goes into making this show, but really there's, there's so much work all week long. Me and Jerry are always talking, always researching, and we're working, we work so much on, on production, trying to make the show sound great. We've got a whole team of producers and editors working really hard on Inside the Vatican. So if you want to support our work, the best way to do that is to subscribe to America Magazine at americamagazine.org slash subscribe. We really appreciate having you listen with us these past couple of years, and we hope that we can keep going for as long as possible. Jerry, uh, I hope you get home safely in the lockdown and uh, look forward to talking to you hopefully a hundred more times. Thank you, Colleen, and Happy New Year and Healthy New Year to all our listeners. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Production assistant this week from the Jesuit Curia in Rome and Kevin Christopher Robles. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. You can also email us your comments and questions at insidethevatican at americamedia.org. 
For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Belly. We'll see you next time.